On today's nostalgia-filled episode, we list our five favorite Super Nintendo games. And we'll each list our five most memorable toy lines from our childhood. Welcome to the BitGeek Podcast. I'm your host, Ron Avis, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Nick Wright. And today we're going to list our top five each favorite Super Nintendo games. Uh, Nick, the Super Nintendo, um, big success for Nintendo. Lots of good memories about the Super Nintendo. Absolutely. So, although we agree that the 8-bit era was probably our favorite, uh, I think maybe, for me personally, the most, the best games might be the Super Nintendo games, uh, as far as replayability goes. Um, they're just classic games. Uh, yeah, Super Nintendo was just a great... That 16-bit era, just an amazing time for video games. Yeah, you had some really good games, and uh, you know, I, I wanted to go ahead and bring up our top five because we had so much fun doing the, the 8-bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's go into the, the Super Nintendo era. And for me, uh, my first game is going to be the one that started it all for the Super Nintendo is Super Mario World. Definitely. Uh, It is an amazing game. I still love it to this day. Maybe possibly my favorite Super Mario. Oh, man, I will still, like, you know, when they make it available on, like, a virtual console or something, I'll still, I'll get it and play through every single board. And I love it. I mean, it's just, replay value is great. In fact, when the new Super, the new Nintendo 3DS came out, and they unlocked the ability to have the Super Nintendo games, which, by the way, was totally lame that they said that you, they couldn't emulate Super Nintendo games on the original 3DS. And that was one of the games that I had to get. It, it was that game, and probably some other games on this list that I couldn't help but buy again on the Virtual Console. But yeah, Super Mario World was a great game. Uh, coming off the success of Super Mario Brothers 3, mm-hmm. which at the time was the end-all be-all of Super Mario games, they, they, they just innovated even more. Introducing the next generation from Nintendo, New Super Mario World, created especially for the Super Nintendo Entertainment System. It's a bit more exciting, a bit more challenging, a bit more graphic, a bit more colorful, a bit more realistic, a bit more levels, a bit more secret, a bit more enemies, a bit more friends, a bit more sound, a bit hotter, a bit cooler, a bit weird, a bit more revolutionary, a bit more Mario, a bit more of what you want. It's 16-bit, and it's yours only if you get new Super Nintendo. Now you're playing with power, superpower. I've read like a uh, like interviews and things where Miyamoto has said that you know because you know Yoshi was introduced in Mario World and sure. he had wanted Yoshi before that it just technology just you couldn't do it and finally he was able to do it with Super Mario World. Yeah, those colors and the and the sounds and the gameplay and it's just all. I don't know if it's been matched since. I mean, you've had. A, great innovations in super mario and in the games you know mario 64 took it into the 3d realm but yeah and then when they came back to that 2d style with like new super mario brothers it's great but you know i mean it just really wasn't the same thing yeah this this there's something it's it's the pixels man mm-hmm. and i love I, my pixels i know you love your pixels mm-hmm. i love them too and it was the last great era of when you know pixels mattered and even nowadays, and you know, there's a great renaissance of old-style games like Shovel Knight, where they try to recreate mm-hmm. the 16-bit era yes. of games. 
or maybe 8-bit, but um, nevertheless, it's the pixels. Mm -hmm. And you you get, you know, crowdfunded games where they try to, you know, recreate that style of game. And it's it's It's, just different. It's very popular now. Very popular. And um, maybe that's why I'm feeling so nostalgic for it right now, because nobody did it better than uh, than probably the Super Nintendo games. Mm -hmm. I was a fan of the Genesis, but. Uh, looking back, it just it wasn't as many colors though, and that made yeah. a big difference, I think. Yeah, the Super Nintendo had the better sound chip. It had the more vibrant colors, uh, and you know they had Miyamoto and they had Super Mario, and this was the quintessential Super Mario game. And uh, mm-hmm. for that, I mean, the un- it just expanded even further. You had the keys, like you could beat the game, but then you had to go back, and it really kind of kicked off that whole like I got a one hundred percent this game. Yeah. Different paths that you could take. Yeah, like you, secret exits. Secret exits. Uh, then they introduced the cape. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was a whole. They kind of took it a. It was just took it to that next level. Like you had the Mario. You had the. It really. Tail. It had the same, you know, powers as the raccoon tail, with more because yeah, you, you could, could really the, the parachute it. and the dive with the cape. It was easy to get up in the air, but it was there was really a skill to maintaining the flight, and mm-hmm. you could. You know, you could continue to fly again and again. And there were some levels where you had to stay in the air. Yeah, and, use that parachute ability. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was just it was really Mario perfection. It and, was. Yeah. You know, it was definitely one of my favorite games. Uh, I don't think any Mario game has touched it since. Uh, the second game on my list uh, is The Legend of Zelda a Link to the Past. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my favorites. Probably my favorite Super Nintendo game. I, I think it's also probably my favorite Zelda game. I, if I had to pick favorite Zelda games, I'm really torn between one and A Link to the Past because there's such a nostalgia thing going on with one, but A Link to the Past is definitely, definitely way up there. It's, it's hard to choose, but excellent game. Yeah, it's funny. I, I remember um, you had this game, and uh, I before I even really think got into the first Zelda game, like I played it, but I didn't beat it until mm-hmm. later. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until Link to the Past came on that really got me heavy into Zelda. That was the game that really got sucked me into the Zelda world, uh, and you lent me that game. I, I, if I recall correctly, you'd gone on vacation you were on one of your trips to California or something for like oh, a week so, or two. Yeah, uh, yeah, we often would would be gone for like a month because we'd drive to California, and you know that that'd take a good week just to drive out there. So yeah, so we'd be gone for me. a month. So yeah, I guess that's how that happened. Yeah, yeah let me the game. I believe you let me the strategy guide, and I have just some of the best memories ever of just staying up late playing that game with, uh, you know, I, I have like my headphones on, listening to music, uh, just playing that game for hours. Uh, you know, I get stuck. I have my strategy guide. Uh, and yeah, I, cool. I played. The, I, I don't think I stopped playing the game until I beat it. I mean, it was it was one of those games where I just couldn't put it down. Introducing the epic challenge that only the Super Nintendo Entertainment System could make possible: cross endless land and water in search, deep into a parallel world where light becomes dark. You search, and just when you think your search has ended. You find it's just begun. The new Legend of Zelda, A Link to the Past. Now you're playing with power, superpower. Dungeons in that game were great. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the weapons, a, a lot of the things that got introduced into the Zelda, like a lot of... Oh, the, the hookshot first introduced there, where yeah. they've carried that on to many other Zelda games. 
and and when you first put that game in too, like you were really taking like the the cinematic style of the rain, the mm-hmm. the rainstorm, yeah. and uh, you walk out of the hut for the first time, and you're in this world, like you're really in this world. Yeah, very uh, immersive. Very immersive for the time, uh, which is a, a theme I think for Super Nintendo is they really took advantage of uh, the sound and. Uh, you know, like tricks to make it seem more cinematic and, and immersive mm-hmm. and legend of Zelda link to the past. It, it's again, it's another one of those games that I bought. I think I have it for both Wii U and 3ds. Yeah. Like I couldn't, I didn't have a new 3ds. Yeah, that, that's another one that pretty much anytime it's re-released, I probably buy it. Like, Cause it came out on the game boy advance, I think. And I got it there. And that's a game that I go to when I'm excited for a new Zelda game coming out. Like I remember buying that game and playing through it. Didn't beat it, but I got pretty far waiting for the Breath of the Wild. You know, it was just like every day reading about the Switch. You know, it's coming out a week, a few days, and I, I would play Link to the Past to get me even more pumped. <laughs> uh, so that that's definitely have to be. These are in no order, by the way. These are just our five, you know, favorite right. SNES yeah. games. If I had ranked them in you know, five to one, that probably would be number one. So Link to the Past, fantastic game, love it very much. Uh, my third game is NBA Jam. Uh, Got to throw a sports game in there. Yeah, I remember going to the arcades and playing NBA Jam, but uh, then it came out on Super Nintendo. And... Yeah, the NBA Jam, man. It, it's one of those games where it, it wasn't like a hardcore simulation game. It did th- it did something so well. It was very accessible to just about anybody. It was just two on two arcade style, classic arcade style arcade, you know, sports game. Probably the first and maybe only basketball game I really played much. Yeah, I don't think I could ever get you to play another basketball game like I did with NBA Jam. Uh, But, you know, and the cool thing about NBA Jam was it it did include the superstars of the day, you know, like your Shaquille O'Neal's and the Boom Shakalaka. That was neat. it had pretty much everybody but Michael Jordan, and uh, but another neat thing about it was they would kind of extend the life of it. Life of it, they would make it more interesting by including like famous people as character, playable characters. Like they had Bill, Bill Clinton, Clinton. <laughs> <laughs> famously Bill yeah. Clinton, uh, Sub Zero, Sub Zero. Yeah, they mm-hmm. had the uh, that was I guess it was the Midway connection. Yeah. Uh, so you had you, you a know, lot of the same developers would work on Mortal Kombat and NBA Jam. Yeah, I mean, that's a game that saw many releases, many different versions, but I'm just talking about the original NBA Jam. Uh, all of them are excellent, of course, and I probably bought every single one of them, Tournament Edition, you know, there was probably like a Turbo Throne in there somewhere. <laughs> but um, it, it was just one of those fun games. And it also had that combat element to it as well. Like, do you remember that old NES game, arcade game, Arch Rivals, where it was more about, like, beating yeah. the crap out of your opponent, like, yeah. more than it was actual skill in playing a game of basketball? Yeah. NBA Jam did that. Throw some elbows. Yeah, like I mean, if you wanted to win, you had to throw some elbows and knock a guy down. And uh, it 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 did not matter, uh, like real basketball strategies. Like you weren't picking and rolling or setting screens. You were just throwing elbows and hitting that turbo button and like jumping from the three point line, do a full flip, and then you know make the rim explode. (laughs) So it was a lot of fun. And I I, as when I think back of Super Nintendo, I, I think of that game. Uh, another one of the games that I want to mention is uh, came out pretty close to the launch of the Super Nintendo, if I'm not mistaken, was the uh, Super Castlevania 4. Yes. Yeah. Which I want to say was either a straight-up remake of the first Castlevania, or it could have been a sequel to Castlevania 3. You know, I I feel like I've heard that it was a remake, but I 
never really knew that at the time. Yeah. I I treated it like a new game. I mean, it, Castlevania Four. You know, it was the right. Next it one. had it in the title, Castlevania Four. So it, if it was a remake, they didn't. You know, as far as the title goes, it was they made it seem like a straight up sequel. Uh, but that that was another game where they took great use, or they made great use of the sound chip. Like the sound effects in that game and the music in that game were so good. Very cool. Uh, I went back and played that somewhat recently just to see if I was just remembering it. You know, with those rose tinted glasses, like was it that good? Was the music that good? Was the yeah, yeah, man, it still rocks. Well, and it was so cool too the different effects that you could do that you couldn't do in the other games. Like if you held the button down. And the whip would go limp. Yeah. And then you could swing it around. There was more direction was, than control. That was really cool. You, you could control the whip a bit more. Uh, like, if you had an enemy at an angle, you could, like you said, you could kind of make it go limp and then control it. Yeah, well, and you can whip in, like, all eight directions. Mm-hmm. And uh, they, they took full effect or took full advantage of all of the, like, you know, mode seven effects. Like, I remember uh, being really excited to see, like you could, you could kind of whip onto a chandelier and you'd swing from the chandelier yeah. and it would rock and the, the screen would stay put. But the, it was a really interesting effect. Yeah. And I remember there were also uh, effects where you, the whole screen would kind of rotate in a background, mm-hmm. uh, really fun game. Loved it quite a bit. Again, another one of the game, like Link to the past where, excuse me, I have to take a drink. <laughs> another game linked to the past where they, um, they set it up cinematically. Remember there was like a gravestone when the game started and they would kick in with this music and then like the lightning and mm-hmm. thunder would, you know, the bugs are crawling, the bugs are crawling and the lightning would hit the tombstone and it would explode. And then the bat came out and, mm-hmm. you know, uh, just hitch. It was just like, wow, this is, I'm playing this game now. I'm going from Nintendo to Super yeah. Nintendo. Uh, and Genesis had been out for a little while by then, but the Super Nintendo really wowed me. Uh, and a, lar- a large part of that was uh, due to all those colors and, and, the, and the music and the sounds. So Super Castlevania 4 was a great game. Love it quite a bit. And my fifth game is uh, I mean, TMNT Turtles in Time. Turtles in Time. Another great arcade game ported over to the Super Nintendo. Yeah, they, I really give Konami a lot of credit with this one, because this, if the TMNT2 uh, arcade game for the NES was like that next leap, like you felt like you were playing a bit more of the arcade game, this took it all the way to the, all the way. It, it kind of refined it, I think. Yeah, it, it truly felt like the arcade game. But, and because there were those, like, different throws and things that in the arcade, I don't know if it was so much of, like, a, a command input. Whereas it was just kind of you're just button mashing, and if you're close enough, sometimes you just might throw somebody. Yeah. Where in this, it was more random, it, I believe. It was more of an actual command that when you hit somebody with your weapon and they would kind of like freeze for a second, it, it's almost like the way you would do it in Double Dragon Two. Mm-hmm. That then you could hold them. You can move in and grab hold of them and either like whip them back and forth mm-hmm. or throw them towards the screen. 
And it was really necessary that you learned how to do that because there was a new board that wasn't even in the arcade version in the Technodrome, and you had to throw them towards the screen to hit Shredder. Yeah, that was part of the boss fight. Yeah, uh, you, you yeah. had to throw. It you absolutely the had to do it, or else you're not going to progress any further. Yeah, so they must they did refine that mechanic quite a little bit. Like it was less random, and like our G Wiz, like wow, they're flying towards me in the arcade, which is. You know, that's just the nature of our case. Yeah, it just kind of randomly show, happened. Right. In this one, it was uh, more intense. Like, you, you definitely had more control of yeah. what you could do with the foot soldiers. I, I don't remember exactly the command to do it, but it was definitely something that you could purposefully do. Yeah, you, you could do it again and again and again. Uh, something that and you never could. You couldn't get enough of it, too, because, like... Super Nintendo, uh, you know, every, every console had, like, their, G, you know, big graphical advantage like Sega Genesis had the blast processing or whatever and yeah. then Super Nintendo had like the mode 7 that was that mode 7 effect where you know yes. it would scale real large yeah. to the screen they and, they would often throw that in the games so that yeah, was sometimes time. it was executed very well and seamlessly other times you know maybe not so much but you know and you look at it now and it when things go in really close they're these big gigantic pixels and big squares chunky pixels and, yeah, but, yeah. And it's cool. Yeah, and so you know that all five of those games replayed many, many times. Uh, truly hallmarks of of a great game. Uh, so those are my five. What are your five? Um, Super Metroid. Super Metroid. Super Metroid. Yeah, I mean that it was just amazing, amazing game. I remember in I I, I was in high school I think when it came out. Well, I know I was, but. Um, the the big thing that I remember about it was my friend telling me that the intro for it, and like so many of these games, like you mentioned with Castlevania, where it's such a cinematic experience, the intro started out with like how the story is, you know, thus far continuing from Metroid 2 that was on the Game Boy that I wasn't really terribly familiar with at the time, but you didn't really need to be because it was telling you, and it had. It, the, the game had voice. You know, the last Metroid yeah. is in captivity. The galaxy is at peace. And that was like the most amazing thing right at that time. That it, it had such a like clear voice. Didn't have a garbled, double dribble yeah, like kind of you know graphic, so glitchy sound to it. And uh, it's just such an excellent game. That just another one that I just love to pick up and just replay at any time. Really, and yeah. That's that's definitely the game that I think a lot of people long for. That version of Metroid, that you know, Super Metroid was the like, best. They uh, they had a few that would very similar that came out on handhelds like there was a Metroid Fusion, Fusion yeah. I which never I think was Metroid Fusion, but I heard technically it was Metroid 4 and uh, Metroid Zero Mission which Fusion was good but I liked Zero Mission better where they remade Metroid 1 now I, I don't recall a lot of Super Metroid honestly uh, I can't did, were you did you did a lot of backtracking right I mean that, it was kind of a you hallmark do. of all the Metroid yeah. games you do because right, uh, you you progress so far and you see things that you just you can't like there's a door here that you just can't open yet and then you find out later on how to get to that area and you go back and yeah, it's backtracking well it's like the grandfather of the what we now know as the what they call Metroidvania games yes yeah. it, it was the grandfather and it's no coincidence that it's in the name yeah the the mix between Super Metroid and Castlevania Symphony of the Night really. 
how that term came to be, I think. Yeah, you guys all, we, we, um, we owe a lot to the Super Metroid, for sure. Mm-hmm. It's a good game, good pick. Before Nintendo came out with Super Metroid, we wanted to make sure it was the most intense Metroid battle ever. So we thought we'd see how Killer here would fare against it. Ready, boy? That's 24 megs worth of weapons, worlds, and weirdos old Killer's up against. Nintendo's biggest game ever. But he's a big boy. He can handle it. Well, let's see how he did. Ship it! Super Metroid, only on the Super NES. Uh, so number two, um, Mega Man X. Mega Man X. Mega Man X. You know, uh, yeah. When when Mega Man series moved to the Super Nintendo, and it, it was always like the big question. People were confused. Is it is it a Roman numeral? Is it X? Is it Mega Man Ten? No, right. it's, it's not Mega Man Ten. It's Mega Man X. I remember that because uh, it, it's it's a different Mega Man in the future. But uh, man, that very first board of Mega Man X. With the the music so memorable, uh, just I don't. I remember the the character himself, the sprites being so much larger than yeah. what we've gotten to know from the old Mega Man games from the Nintendo, the NES. Uh, just so much more detail. So he was so much more sleeker looking, and just a great game. Yeah, I, Mega Man. Yeah, you know, in the the Mega Man X series was good in of itself, but I didn't really follow the rest as much as just the first one. Mega Man X was such a good game. Yeah, the first one's the one I remember the most. Um, great great game, great series. Uh, and that maybe it was something that captured my attention attention more when, when the sequel started coming out. But uh, there's no doubt that Mega Man X was was a special game, and it, it earns a place at the top of all of like you know the favorite Mega Man games. When you think of Mega Man games and the classic Mega Man games, Mega Man X is up there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, next one, um, Donkey Kong Country. Donkey Kong Country. The return. That, of that Donkey was Kong. like that. That was definitely the return of Donkey Kong. He had been M-I-N-A. hadn't really shown his face since like the early 80s and uh yeah nintendo had came released back that, very strong they released that cartridge where it had like donkey kong donkey kong jr and was donkey kong 3 on that cartridge as well no it was it was just the two um just yeah the original and donkey kong jr donkey kong classics that's what it was the called donkey kong classics, but yeah right. three wasn't a part of that yeah, so yeah, so super, so Donkey Kong Country came along at a time when the Super Nintendo was losing its oomph, and Nintendo itself was kind of losing its grip on like you know the, the of the king, the throne of, of video games. Or Sega was and, really taking. And off. this Donkey Kong Country gave like a whole new look to what 16-bit games could do with those pre-rendered computer graphics. Everything just looked so lush, like the forests, you know, and, and just so much detail that you'd never really seen in those 16-bit sprite games before. You truly and, and couldn't animation. believe you were playing a Super Nintendo. Yeah, because uh, I mean, the animation was all computer generated, so it was so smooth. I want to say even Sega CD was out at that point, and you know, yeah. so things were really progressing, and the Nintendo. The Super Nintendo graphics are starting to look a little bit stale, a little bit antiquated. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that when that came out, they, I guess I guess E3 was a thing at the time, or it could have just been the CES still. But oh yeah, I don't remember when. I don't know. But anyway. but 
but that kind of coverage was really starting to hit big in magazines like EGM. I remember seeing. I remember I got the video because I had like a subscription to Nintendo Power. There was a cassette, and, right? And I got a VHS tape. I still have this tape too. No way. Uh, yes, I do. I absolutely still have this. It, well, it's at my parents' house. Okay. But I still have well, it. Well, that's where you keep all that I'll, stuff. I'll find it. But um, I, I think it's still there. I think I can find it. But yeah, it was just, I, I, you didn't really know what it was. It was in just like this, uh, the sleeve was just like the the jungle leaves yeah. on it. And uh, it's like, hey, what's this? And you pop it out. And it's like all about Donkey Kong Country. It, it's, it's a legendary item. I, I didn't have you know, Nintendo power or anything like that at the time. So I, I didn't get that VHS tape, but it's, everyone knows about it. And, uh, so, but yeah, Donkey Kong country. And it was a fun game too. It wasn't just all very good game, game. Uh, and, and very hard too. And to find like all the secrets and everything, shooting out of barrels and to get like the letter or finding everything. It, it was another one of those that really brought back finding secrets. I think. Yeah. The, the, yeah, great game. And and it and it brought back Donkey Kong and he's been with us ever since. There's yeah. been multiple he's, Donkey Kong games against many different systems. Yeah, uh definitely brought him back as as a uh rightfully so at the top of Nintendo's, you know, you know, top tier uh IPs. Mm-hmm. And uh it was a great game and awesome technology and that's I agree it's a good pick. Simply mind blowing. Best-looking video game, period. Spectacular. The best game out there. 100, 100, 100. A plus. A step up from the rest. A classic. You can stop rubbing your eyes. It's good as the hype. The best graphics ever on the Whoa. Next one, um... Super Mario World 2, Yoshi's Island. That crying baby, man. That crying baby. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, I mean, this was another just really kind of artistic style game that just really made those graphics pop. So colorful and bold. It, It had, like, the kind of bold outlines. Yeah, the dark edges. Yes. The dark black uh, um, edges. It was a fantastic artistic choice, I think. Just the colors just really popped. I mean, such such a good game. It was really the last hurrah for the Super Nintendo 2, it was. if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah they, they were in their um, Play It Loud, I think, advertising I remember campaign. That. And, uh, yeah, they released that, and I think the FX chip was in its second or third iteration of games. Like Star Fox had come out, but then they had that RC, the racing game. Yeah, and that was a play allowed. And Star Fox, I mean, it's that that's definitely an honorable mention because um, it, it it did so much with that chip. Yeah, that FX chip was like another ace up Super Nintendo sleeve that, you know, polygons, remember that whole polygon craze yeah. uh, that everyone was getting in, especially Sega, they were pushing it hard with their virtual reality, uh, you know, uh, we mentioned before in a previous episode how big virtual reality was, and then it kind of went away and it came back in a real way, well, you know, Sega was pushing that whole polygon, like, what was the games that they had, there was like a uh, virtual fighter virtual and, uh, fighter the race driving games oh hard driving hard driving yeah was that that wasn't sega though was it that, that was atari I think. That, you're right but it it just kind of goes along to that like that era it was big 
And so Super Nintendo came up with that Star Fox game, and that was another, like, Donkey Kong Country. It was this big, you know, technical ace that they could they could tout against Sega, mm-hmm. who, you know, could really, really all they had going for them was the, the speed, the blast processing, which really was just a made-up term. Yeah. And, and the fact that they could have, you know, the more risque content. But uh, you're, I'm sorry to derail your list. That's, uh, that's yeah, so, yeah, so the better that was for when is too much, too much? To find out, we crammed everything into Super Mario World 2 Yoshi's Island. 60 more levels, massive enemies, huge Yoshi tricks, all served up with the latest graphic technology, Morphmation. Mm-hmm. Sure you don't have room for another little bonus level? Uh-oh. Super Mario World 2, only on the Super NES. Still the big one. Number five, I'll save it for last. Uh, it's, it's another one of those arcade ports. Like you had mentioned a couple of them, that uh, this one was really huge for me. Street Fighter II oh, man. came home to the Super NES. That, that was huge, huge. That uh, the Super NES could do justice to such an arcade game. It was such a powerhouse in that day. It was, and, a true to, it was an honest-to-goodness uh, true arcade port. It was very good. I mean, you know, there were limitations to it, but it it was a really strong part of that arcade game. And just, man, the, and just find it, because, you know, the big deal was that, like, it just wasn't the same with the Super NES pad, you know. Oh, yeah, because you just had four buttons and the shoulder. Yeah, and the shoulder button. So you really needed to have the six-button Street Fighter layout. And uh, so the the hunt for controllers was on. Yeah, the the perfect arcade joystick yeah. and there, there were many in fact even capcom had their own version of it that was released but but it wasn't it's good it, the, i didn't like the stick it was awful that stick was terrible it, it had like a weird split kind of uh uh layout to it yeah like a like one of those ergonomic keyboard things yeah it was like it. an ergonomic keyboard you know joystick the buttons didn't feel right the, the, the yeah uh, Controller stick itself felt awful and plastic and Didn't give that arcade feel. But um, Do you we, remember that time that I went on the... That I we were at Babbage's? You found one. I found the perfect stick, man. I still got that stick to this day. I, we mentioned Star Fox. And I, didn't want to, I, I almost put it in my top five just for the virtue of... I kept it. Uh, it it's a great game. Uh, it's a classic SNES game. Uh, it was the Super Mario Collection or Super Mario oh, All Stars? Yeah, Mario All Stars. Right. Super Mario All Stars was a game that I, I can't imagine not having now. Yeah, I mean it's it's really like the first time that a game was redone in a new style of graphics. Yeah, like nowadays it's the very HD common. version of it. You know exactly. It's very common nowadays to have like an HD uh, you know version of a of a classic game come out. Uh, this and this was like kind of the first that really ever did that. I remember the first time I saw like a picture of it, like in EGM, and you know it was just, a surprise game too. Like it came out. It, it was. It was totally a surprise, and it like blew my mind. Like that was like the most amazing, best thing I'd ever seen. Is that they're redoing Super Mario Brothers in Super Nintendo style graphics, and that I was sold right then. Awesome game, played it a bunch. Uh, I love the presentation of it. You had, uh, I want to say, 
Yeah, where it had like the menu where yeah. you, you could select the box art and see yeah. the, the, the game with the Again, box first art. first of that was its very kind. Cool. I mean, you see it all the time cool. nowadays, like with the Mega Man collections and uh, uh, Rare has a collection out that you can get now where they, they spend lots and lots of time uh, putting together like box art and collections and stuff for you. But it was the Super Mario All-Stars that really did first. As far as I know, I could be wrong. If anyone's out there like knows otherwise. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't think of any, but I, who knows? Super Nintendo did it first. Yeah. Uh, they were they were the ones. Uh, so Super Mario All Stars for me, like I, it, it's the classic games. All I can really say it other than that it was a great game, so they had that extra polish on it. Mm-hmm. But it was very very notable. And, and not that we need reasons to repurchase classic games, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that that gave us the reasons to be able to play the old Super Mario game and the newer style graphics. It's so hard to come up with like this top ten list because there's so many great games. I mean, you know, it's the, like um, the Mario RPG. I mean, it's such a good game, and really like one of the only because I I don't really like RPGs, but it's one of the few RPGs I actually have played. There are there are a few others. But... It's like baby's first RPG in a way. I don't know what it is about them, but uh, if, if you if you give it the right skin. Then I can I'll get into it and I'll play it. But, uh, well, I mean, so so many countless other games. It's hard to come up with a list. The South Park RPG games are just like that for me. Like they're yeah, so I've, fun. I've never played those. Oh but... my god, they're so fantastic. <laughs> if you're at all a fan of South Park, uh, you owe it to yourself. I mean, it's and it's a great game to boot. Like the Stick of Truth and then I've, they got I've a fresh butthole coming yeah, out soon. Yeah, I've heard a lot. Uh, they are they are really fun games, and they have all the sense like they do not cheap out. Like you're not just getting, uh, you know, clips thrown in from the show. Like it's all written all new just for the game, and uh, it's lot. It's like a season's worth of hilarious, you know, shows, but in a game. And uh, but I, I know what you mean. Like I I don't play RPG games a lot, but I've beaten that, and yeah. that's just nothing but an RPG game as yeah. disguised as a South Park episode. Uh, yeah, Super Nintendo, great, great system. Uh, arguably the best. Um, nostalgia, for nostalgia reasons, I, I go with 8-bit. It's my favorite, but uh, I think if I were really honest, I would, I would say maybe the better games for the Super Nintendo, the 16-bit era games. Uh, and, you know, continuing with this, we'll have to revisit this format and, and maybe do our in, in 64 uh, GameCube, absolutely, and maybe even Sega Genesis, and uh, Sega Genesis, and just keep moving up from there. Yeah, we'll just keep going. If you guys like these uh, these lists, uh, let us know. We'll, don't let us know. We'll just do them anyway. <laughs> <laughs> We're doing them. We do what we want. Yeah, we do what we want. This is our show. Uh, so uh, next, uh, the next topic we're going to move on to is. Uh, the, how did you put it? Our most memorable toy lines uh, from our childhood. Yeah, we're continuing on with the, uh, the, the part of the Big Geek Show. One of the reasons why I wanted to, you know, kind of give it that brand was reminisce. so that we can reminisce about these things, talk about old cartoons and not not just video games, which we love, but uh, toy lines and and cartoons and, and whatever. Just whatever interests us, whatever still does interest us. Yeah, and this is our first opportunity really to discuss that kind of thing. Uh, so uh, my. Should I start or do you? <laughs> uh, I, I can start. Uh, okay. When uh, you know, when I was trying to think of this list, and, and it's really interesting because half of what's on my list I didn't actually collect or get as a kid, and 
it, 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 there, that, and that's why I was wanting to make sure to say that this was a list of the most memorable because it is the most memorable toy lines I remember seeing in the store and just thinking these are so cool, even though I never got some of them. But um, I'll start off number one. Uh, do you remember Inhumanoids? They, Inhumanoids are the, the toys that had like the holograms on the chest, right? Uh, or am I thinking of something else? Well, no, no, the humanoids were the big monster toys. They, they were the giant monsters, yeah. and that's why I hesitated because I don't remember because the, there were other like um, like regular human beings that went with that toy line that I don't remember them at all, and so that's why I hesitated. And I thought, well, I don't know if maybe those maybe are, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah because all I remember there were like three like giant monsters. Well, and, there was a cartoon. We know there was an Inhumanoids cartoon. There was there a cartoon, and I didn't really wa- I didn't watch the cartoon, but but uh, there there was one. Uh, like green like plant monster that I remember the most that I just thought was like he was the coolest looking one and I just wished I could get him but never did but uh, we'll have to dig up a picture of that and show yeah, that yeah I'll, I'll, I'll put images of the if I haven't already I'll throw some images of yeah, the yeah, I just I felt like those were really cool but the one that looked like a tree but I never bought it thing. <laughs> Uh, yeah, he looked—he looked, he looked kind of like giant swamp, swamp thing. thing. Yeah, swamp thing. Yeah, yeah. That's what he yeah, kind of reminds me of. But, uh, but what yeah. was his name? Uh, I tendril, I think. Tendril. When I when I googled it earlier, I, yeah, tendril. But, uh, now, what part of the toy aisle would you find the humanoids like exactly? Like, well, you know, uh, were they in the Transformers, and or they have their own like? Because you know, like you have toy aisles. The funny thing is. You know, and I think we t- kind of mentioned this a little bit when we were talking about NES games in the first episode, where you saw a lot of stuff in stores like Sears and whatever. Right. I feel like that's where I saw some of this stuff was like the hardware store or Sears or something, and not like at Toys R Us in a specific aisle. But an end cap, definitely. It was like I remember it kind of being like on an end cap because it was so big. They were like your not your all star two. You're like as far as toys go, like they weren't your all star team. They were like your second tier team. The Inhumanoids. Yeah, it's just it was just so memorable to me. I I don't know if it was super popular. I probably spent a great deal of time on the clearance section, maybe back of Target. Especially since they were so big, you know who has room for them. But yeah. I thought they were cool. That's an interesting so. choice. That that's definitely the type of toy that I would. I wouldn't play with other Inhumanoid toys, but I'd probably get it to battle like GI Joe or something, like some monster yeah, that was created. Yeah. And you know, he didn't really have any re- like I didn't. There wasn't a lot of recognition towards that toy line, and maybe there was, and we just missed the boat. But I remember seeing those too, and I could I could imagine myself playing with those toys as part of mixing it in, like with other toy lines. Yeah. From the depths of Earth comes the barbaric humanoid tendril, devastating everything in his path. After that, overgrown octopus! Inhumanoids! Inhumanoids! The evil that lies within us! Help me, Earth! Grab my line! Where's Grenog? There he is! Nasty, nasty creatures! Tendril will crush you! Tendril and other figures sold separately from Hasbro. Number two, and I, I have to admit I had to look up the name of this line because I, I did not know the name, but I remember seeing these toys uh, 
at Big Lots, I think, of all places. And I just thought it was really cool. The mecca but, of toy stores. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Big Lots. But uh, if I'm not mistaken, they were called sec- Sectors. But what I remember is that they were, they were these figures, and I think they were about the size of, like, He-Man, maybe. But they would they had like these insect beasts that they would ride on, and what the the thing that was unique about these toys were that you were involved. It was like a glove, and and your hand was was like the the legs of like this spider beast or, or yeah, it was like a puppet almost. And yeah. So it was like this glove with a saddle on it, basically, and like an insect head. And the figure would ride on it, and so you could get it following around. And now, were there humans with holograms on the chest? Maybe now like... that is a line. I remember those, but I don't. I don't know what. Oh man! I so, wish I somebody, somebody watching is going to have to like tell us what these were. Yeah, in it, the it comments, left an impression on me enough to where I keep mistaking. Because I know that's a thing, but I don't remember. I, they. Uh, Battle beasts or something like that, because wasn't there something like there that you could tell like what, like uh, affiliation they were with or whatever? Yeah. That I don't know, man. It's just like it, it's to your point of you see them in toy stores, you don't buy them. There may have been, there may or may not have been a cartoon associated with it. There probably was because it was the eighties, and you couldn't have a toy line without a, a cartoon. But I, I just, I just remember seeing this at the store and just and i think you were able to like with it in the box kind of slide your hand in well, you could test it out yeah and you could kind of test it out i just Try. thought i just thought it was the coolest thing you know and so it, i remember it and so it's, it's very, not cool enough to buy but it's very memorable <laughs> yeah but uh yeah so that's a good one so that was my number two the battle of the sectors continues hydrax wins to surprise Gargon, but Gargon gave him phony battle plans, and the surprise is on Spydrax. But Spydrax has one last trick up his evil sleeve. He carries Wasp to capture the powerful weapons of the Hive. So Spydrax finally have the upper hand. Watch the next episode of Sector by Coleco. Mask. Mask. Cool. Yeah, I remember yeah. the cartoon very yeah. well of that. What What did that stand for? That was Mobile Assault oh. Strike. What did the K stand for? I don't know. Let's look it up. <laughs> I'm looking it but, up right yeah, now. Yeah, so while the you're looking at the research team is looking that up. Um, yeah, I just. Mask was so cool. And that was one that I did. Oh, I watched the cartoon and. I had, had boy one or two robot friend. Yeah, I had I had one or two of the toys, but I didn't have a lot of the toys though. But um, my favorite though was that green motorcycle Condor that it would uh, flip up and it would be like a helicopter. It is mobile armored strike command. Oh, command so spelled with a K. With the K. Yeah, <laughs> Mortal Kombat style. Yeah. Okay, that's why I couldn't remember. I'm like, what's a K stand for? So, yeah, okay. I remember Mask being like, this is just like Transformers, but with cars. But it, I mean, Transformers was with, with cars, but it was like another take on yeah, the transformation. They, and usually it would be kind of a, if it was a ground vehicle, it would turn into like an air vehicle or right. something. Yeah, yeah, there was that Trans Am red car that was real popular. Yeah, what was that called? Thunderwing or something? Thunder something. I don't know. I'm looking it up. <laughs> Yeah, that, that, that ran from 85 to 88. It ran for a long time. Yeah, I, I remember very well having the uh, the 18-wheeler one. 
and uh, yeah. it, it was pretty cool. And uh, I remember the bass. It was like oh, a, Boulder Hill place. Boulder Hill place. <laughs> Good call, man. Good pull. Yeah, that, I had that. I remember Condor very well. That was yeah. like one of the more entry level toys that you could get. Like, yeah. you're like, I don't know if I want to invest like all of my birthday money on this line, but that was. I cool. don't know what happened to that either. I, I would like to have that again. I had the one that was like a motorcycle that had a sidecar, and you pressed the button oh, and it ejected yes. uh, to like a submarine. I remember that one. Uh, that that was a cool one. Gator. No, no Gator was no. the Jeep. Yeah, Gator's the Jeep. Gator was the Jeep. Yeah, um, not the sidecar. The sidecar was a bad guy, wasn't he? He was a bad guy. I, I wish I could remember the names that they were the affiliations once again. Like, well, there was Venom. Venom. Yes, yes. that's right. Yeah. Gosh, now you remember quite a bit then. I remember that theme song rocking so hard, man. That that song that would come on. Mask, mask. Yeah, oh god, it was like straight up out of the '80s. Guitar riff, yeah. starting it out. for Vicious Evil Network of Mayhem. Yeah. So they were real big into the acronyms, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't really remember the little round robot's name. It was like a little R2-D2 kind of a thing. He, and he would kind of turn into a little scooter, sort of. He turned into a scooter for the boy. Yeah, it was kind of like his mode of transportation. His arms would just kind of... Like yeah, it was around. real cheesy. <laughs> there was a, actually a video game, a mask video There was game. a video game? For the Commodore 64. Oh, no wonder I don't know it. Yeah, I, I didn't have a computer. Didn't have Commodore 64. Didn't really have a computer in my house until much later. You you actually had one much before I did. Yeah, not a Commodore sixty four. Not a Commodore sixty four. That's a great pick, man. Uh, lots of good memories from the Mass toy lines. Yeah, Mass is great. Okay, so uh, so that was three. What's number four? Four. Um, I can think of what my number five is. What was four? Oh oh, Thundercats. How did I forget that? Thunder, 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 cats. Yeah, Thundercats. But once again, though, I only had one of them. I got Lionel, and I, I didn't get any others. But uh, but they were, they were so big. They were so cool. Yeah, they were like... Like G.I. Joe's were small. Hey, well, our our, um, our, our, our era of G.I. Joe's, at least, were small. got bigger. Yeah. Well, well I they, mean, they, they started out bigger. They started out huge. Yeah. Uh, with like the bearded Joe guy yeah. and a couple others, and the, they, like then they the got real popular in the eighties with the small figures, yeah. which you know, most people remember those. And then they kind of got bigger with the multiple points but, of articulation. Uh, but yeah, they were so much detail. I mean, like the the bad guys, like uh, Slide, I think was like the lizard guy. I mean, Mumra. Just, well, yeah, Mumra. But I'm thinking of like that the like the main kind of henchman guy that he was like this lizard thing. He just was just like so thick and just. 
a big figure. Not as big as in humanoids, but they were thicker than they. They were like uh, they were almost kind of like Ninja Turtle sized in some of the bigger than that, bigger than that, yeah, even. Yeah, even bigger than that. They, they were they were cool. What was yeah. the name of that tank that they yeah. around in that oh. cat tank? Yeah, the the Thunder Tank. The Thunder Tank, yeah. of course. And uh, but Snarf who was it Panthro that had the nunchucks? Because, like, they, they were, like, little, actual little, like, chain nunchucks that would actually, like, spin. Not, like, you know, the Ninja Turtle nunchucks that was just, like, Out of a plastic, plastic mold. Yeah. yeah, a plastic mold that you couldn't do anything. It was just, like, a stick, basically, that bend, you know. See, I, I remember the cartoon way more than I remember actually getting the toys. I, I think I just, like, played Well, and I definitely watched the cartoon more than, uh, like I said, I only had the one toy. I have lots of good memories of pretending to play Thundercats, uh, like, you know, somebody would be Snarf, <laughs> and then, like, and then, you know, of course, somebody would be, the girl would always be, like, Chitara, I think. Chitara. Chitara. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, so, it, it was very much like, uh, it came after He-Man Masters the Universe. It reminds me of that style. Yeah. Uh, yeah. but, uh, yeah, that's a, that's a good one. Thundercats are, it, it's for sure a classic line. Half human, half animal. Thunder, 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 thunder. Thundercats, Mummer and Lionel, each sold separately. I'm Mumro, want the sword of Gundera. With this secret power ring, battery not included, you can make Lionel's eyes light up. With battlematic action, you control their swords. Sword is mine, Lionel. That's what you think, Mumra. Thundercats. Thundercats, Mummer and Lionel with light up eyes, each sold separately. New from LJN. And so then my uh, number five, and this was a line that absolutely I was obsessed with. Uh, I got a lot of these toys. It was the real Ghostbusters. Yes. Ghostbusters came out in, you know, in the movies in like 84 and, uh, you know, and then brought the cartoon over and they had to call it the real Ghostbusters because of licensing. Yeah. Reasons. There was that, there was the yeah. Ghostbusters cartoon that had the monkey. Yeah. And, yeah. And whatever. The, yeah, they, the filmation they, Ghostbusters, but uh, yeah, real Ghostbusters. I had a lot of those toys that uh, I definitely collected a lot. At the firehouse, yeah, I was gonna say the firehouse. The firehouse was like the best Christmas ever. Oh, you tell me about that. Yeah. And remember, you actually remember unwrapping that and getting it, and I, I wept tears of joy. <laughs> oh God, I swear I did. Oh it, man, what I wouldn't get for like because it was that. such a shock, you know. Because we usually didn't get you know, real big things like that. And, uh, but I remember like, I, you know, I always asked for it like so much and it was no secret. I wanted it. Right. And it was, it was such a surprise. I had no idea. Did you already have the, did you have like Ray? And Eon? You have all the yeah, I had all, right? yeah, so absolutely. Could, so they, now they had a place. They had a well. home. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I, I had, I, think, I had the car. I had Ecto one, I think already. So they had a place to park. Right. Good times. Good and that's another one of those lines where they just got wackier and wackier too. Like I remember like yeah, football they did. one guy yeah. and then they just like back with Like all toy lines too. But with especially with those, they got really weird. Yeah, uh, but yeah that that's a great storyline. Very, very true to the cartoon. Yeah. But, uh, it's good stuff. Uh, is it my turn now? Your turn, that was five. Right. That's five. Uh, mine are uh, probably a little more mainstream. Uh, something I've for sure collected a bunch. Uh, Transformers was always my number one. My yes. first love. 
more than any other toy line out there. I, I was completely gaga over the toys, over the cartoon. Probably saw the cartoon. I mean, you know what eighties kid didn't have Transformers? Because definitely, definitely. I mean, me, my brother, and I—we had so many Transformers. Nothing captured my imagination like those Transformers, man. Uh, and the toys were so excellent, and they—they they were so they—they—they kind of pioneered that whole like came out in the cartoon, and then the toy came out right after. Yeah, just glorified commercials for toys, and uh, some of my favorite gifts as a kid. Transformer toys. So what was your first Transformer? Uh, the little red. It was the little cheap one. It was the end of the red, the entry level. It was a cliff jumper. Cliff jumper? Yeah. But oh, was it cliffhanger? No, a cliff jumper. Yeah, it was. That's his name. But yeah. it's interesting that you say that because mine, I mine was a little red car, but it was Bumblebee, which I got so much shit from the kids. Wait a minute, red. Red Bumblebee? Yes. And now, it said on the packaging, his name's Bumblebee. But of course, if you watch the cartoon, everybody knows Bumblebee's yellow. It's a yellow Volkswagen. Right. But it said it's Bumblebee. Even on the packaging, the color, he, the artwork, he was colored red in, in this one. And, and apparently, if you look it up, that there were variants that there were yet... I'll probably throw a picture. There were yellow Bumblebees and red Bumblebees. And... and and the mold is different between Bumblebee and Cliff Jumper, and you can tell if just by looking at it, it that you it doesn't have to be yellow or red to tell if yeah, this one's, one's Bumblebee. Or this, on yeah, and this one, Bumblebee's rounder, and the face is different. And the kids would tell, I'd bring it to school, and they'd say, "That's not Bumblebee, that's Cliff Jumper." No, it's Bumblebee, and nobody would believe me. Nobody would believe me just because he was red. Such an odd thing to have have happen to a kid. <laughs> You like they probably accuse it of being like a knockoff brand or something because like that was you definitely had a lot of knockoffs out there. Yeah, it's, uh, it's it's just one of those weird things that you know. I mean, at the time, had I have seen a yellow bumblebee on the shelf, I'm sure maybe I would have picked that one. But but it was a gift. I I don't think no. I, I we I, I'm pretty sure that you know we we're we're at Toys R Us someday and we hey we uh, mom I want this and right. okay yeah sure I mean, it was bumblebee know. I had to have it. Yeah. Maybe it was the only one they had. Uh, it we're was not, the ones not that we picked out. I don't think we saw the cartoon yet. I don't. I don't know which we saw first. I don't know, but uh, but yeah, I just, that's what we picked out. And it was, it was a red bumblebee. It, it's. I mean, it was so long ago. Like, it's hard to remember which came first. But I remember seeing like all at once. It was like coloring books and sheets and the cartoon, and then then yeah, out came Cliff Jumper. Uh, and then, and then I think I got either Optimus Prime or Hound right after that. I had uh, Prowl was my second. Yeah, uh, it's interesting. I remember my mom like I was just so crazy for the Transformers, and Optimus Prime was like the guy, and I had to have it. And uh, I don't remember if it was like a birthday or Christmas or whatever, but I do remember it was snowing, so it was probably closer to Christmas. It could have been a Christmas present, and uh, she drove out to Children's Palace. Yes. The, uh, the other toy store, um, there was like your Toys R Us, which was like the godfather. And yeah, then you had and Children's Palace, which actually came before Toys R Us. And Children's Palace, it, it was further away from where we lived. And so it was like such a treat to even go there. Yeah, I, I think I've only, I probably was only there a couple of times ever. I think I was too. 
but I, I do recall like being able to, they had, it looked like a palace, you know, yeah. outside, it yeah. like a castle kind of, and you could see it right off the expressway. Yeah. And so it was there, like this golden childhood beacon, you know, from the heavens, you know, that there was, but I, I remember like her almost, basically almost getting into an accident, like on her way out to get this Optimus Prime, I guess she called up oh. there and it's like, do you have it? And they had like Optimus Prime and Megatron and she picked up Optimus Prime. Oh, wow. That's a, thanks, Mom. <laughs> Almost didn't have a mom anymore, but I got Optimus Prime. You risk your life to get your Optimus Prime. It all turned out okay. Uh, also, I remember uh, birthday present getting Omega Supreme one time. Oh, wow. That, that was a huge deal. That, that was like probably uh, the biggest one I wanted for that year. There's the Autobot that fits me! But where are the Autobots? Who cares? Decepticons are gone! Oh no, look! Introducing the Autobots Omega Supreme Defense Base. It comes with a motorized tank with flashing turret lights. Decepticon! Transformers! Omega Supreme will stop them! Robots in disguise! Omega Supreme is invincible! Transformers! The Transformers sold separately. Batteries not included from Hasbro. Uh, but I remember very fondly, uh, very vividly getting this big aircraft carrier. Well, and that's what I was just thinking just now is that the, the G.I. Joe, like, they would have huge vehicles. They were big, and you had to assemble them, too, which was a lot of the fun of getting a G.I. Joe vehicle. Is, uh, you'd get it in a box, and you'd open it up, and there was all the pieces. I mean, you had to put it together, uh, which is crazy. Like, you don't really get that anymore. And that there was that one, what was it called, that it, it made, like, a bridge in the truck or whatever would roll oh i don't remember but yeah it came with sergeant slaughter <laughs> yeah that was so cool that was neat and do you remember the aircraft carrier that gigantic yeah uh, so big yeah you I, I you'd see it set up in toy stores never knew a single person to ever own it oh huge and me and all my friends had many many gi joes never once had that thing that it was a easily 100 bucks mm -hmm. it was massive uh, there's no way you could even like Kid. Where do you put it? Exactly. You could. You'd have to sleep on it. Like it would have to be your bed. Uh, but I remember. You know, I have so many fond memories of you. Did, did you ever like if you got like some kind of toy or something that you were longing for for such a long time, and you know, and it's time for bed or whatever. I'd sleep with it. And yeah, you don't want to put it down. You know, you, you just want to hold it. And so, okay, so that's not just me. <laughs> no, it wasn't just you. And, and the, the G.I. Joes were great, too. Like You could even take them into the bathtub with you. I'd <laughs> swim along right next to me. Uh, no, no, I'd, I'd sleep with them, take them everywhere. In the car. Uh, but And the G.I. Joes were great for that, too, because they were, they were, the characters were small, but the vehicles were huge. But they were just the right size and scale, which is why they were so big. The figures were about this big, so the, the vehicle, if they were in a tank or something, the tank would have to be that big. Yeah. And the hovercraft that I was talking about was probably that big because it had to carry about 20 G.I. Joes inside of it. So that's my number two, G.I. Joe. Uh, right there with Transformers, you know, as far as, you know, like, my most memorable toys. Um, third for me is, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with Trapjaw, specifically pointing out Trapjaw from He-Man. From He-Man? From He-Man. He-Man, Masters of the Universe. Uh so not even necessarily a line, but just this specific one guy. Yeah, Trapjaw. I remember seeing uh, they had one of those spindles at KB Toys in the mall. And uh, it was amazing. This this guy, this, this green dude. I remember. Like a, like, a, like a hook hand, but you could take off the hook and make it. You could put an axe on it or a mace or whatever. 
And, it, and his jaw would actually move too. Yeah, he had a metal jaw that went up and down. And I mean, if that wasn't enough, there was like a like a little circle thing on his head. You could actually take like a thread and tie like you know like a, a piece of string somewhere in the room, and he would just like rappel down the string like from his head. <laughs> I mean, like all of the, the the possibilities of this trap jaw figure were endless. I remember the, the He-Man characters in general were always really fun. Uh, it was just like basically Conan the Barbarian, but you know, mm-hmm. uh, the cartoon once again classic. Mm-hmm. Couldn't have the cartoon without the toy. The toy and the cartoon went hand in hand. They were just married to one another. But uh, Trapjaw, I remember getting uh, him uh, as uh, like I think I got him like after school one day. Well, there were so many memorable He-Man toys though. That whole line. Yeah, there are many yeah, faces. Like, um, yeah, uh, men at arm, men at arms. Uh, he man, of course, Skeletor. Oh my god! When there was that line that uh, like there were like monsters or something, I forget their names now. But the uh, horde, the horde. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then there's She-Ra. There was She-Ra, and she was just as popular as He Man. It was like you know, like little getting ball. And Horde was like the villain. Like that was the Skeletor. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Um, so those two shows kind of like live side by side you know? uh, but, but yeah a lot of memorable Castle Grayskull is like one of the greatest play sets ever yeah you talk about the firehouse from Ghostbusters Castle Grayskull is fantastic you had that microphone you could like speak through it and you know talk. or was that Castle there was Castle Grayskull and then there was like Skeletor's base or whatever I don't remember I think Castle Grayskull yeah, I, like, I remember one of them that had the uniform slime in it Oh yeah, they had like a torture a, set. Yeah, they had a hand that you could put like the good guy, like it, like he's trapped in the hand, and yep. then you pour the slime on top of him. Yeah, I remember slime being a huge, huge thing back yeah. in the day. Like yeah. even with Ghostbusters, I mean, it was all about slime. Like, yeah. Ray, he slimed me. Yeah. Uh, you know, the slime, I think Masters of the Universe may have been like the big slime thing. I remember like seeing those displays at like a KB Toys where you know they had those little cups with the slime inside of them. It was all Masters of the Universe. I remember there was one that was called, I might have been just called Skunk Orbit. Like, he honest to God stunk. He stunk. Yeah, he the figure stunk. so bad. That, that was his draw. And I have no idea what they did to that toy to make it stink, but for years that thing stunk. And there was the furry one? Moss Man. I oh, no, was, I'm not thinking of Moss Man. I, I, not to say him, I know him, but uh, no, the, uh, he was kind of like a Chewbacca kind of Beast thing. Man? Beast, yeah, I think it must have been Beast Man. They were very creative with the names. <laughs> Beast Man, Moss Man, Stinkor, I don't know. But but yeah, that. But I, I started out with Trapjaw because Trapjaw was kind of the... I, I think I was aware of He-Man, but Trapjaw was like the character that really, you know, survived that line. Like if I kept a toy of He-Man, it probably was Trapjaw. Okay, yeah, fair enough. He-Man, He-Man. Hulk, or face the evil hook of Trapjaw. Trapjaw, Battle Cat, and He-Man each sold separately, straight not included. That hook won't stop He-Man. Then Trapjaw will use his vicious claw. Still no contest. And Trapjaw will use his wicked laser. Even a one-armed army can't stop He-Man and Battle Cat. You win this time, He-Man. Trapjaw figure from the Masters of the Universe collection. He-Man and Battle Cat figures each sold separately. From Mattel. Um, I'm going to give a shout-out to the McDonald's toys. <laughs> Happy Meal toys, uh, yeah, and that really started in the early '80s. Happy Meals didn't even exist before that. 
No, yeah, McDonald's have been around for several, several years. But, but McDonald's has, but not the Happy Meal toys. Well, even, like, the characters were around for a long time before the Happy Meal toys. Like, they didn't just start at the same time, I don't think. Like Ronald McDonald? Yeah, like Ronald McDonald, Mayor McCheese, Birdie, all no, that. No, no, no. It, you could get the plates and things, but I think the Happy Meal toys came along, like you said, probably in the 80s. Uh, but, I mean, what what was McDonald's without the Happy Meal toys? Oh, yeah. Uh, and I especially liked the uh, Happy Meal toys that were, um, like, the, the containers. Like, I remember I there too. was, like, a whole series of spaceships. Yeah. Uh, railroad, like the trains. Trains, I really like the trains. Oh, those you, are could, you could hook them together. You could actually hook them together. Yeah, I uh, there those. was boats. I remember there were like boats. And it's just actually... a plastic shell. Yeah, it was a lot less. But I loved them. But you could put stickers on it. Yeah. Uh, and, and make them really cool looking. And uh, I, I adored those Happy Meal toys. I did too. And you, they're still as popular as and, they and were back then. You would bug mom like every day, take me to McDonald's. Yeah, it was really an ingenious thing on their part. I, I don't think that they advertise the. They, they certainly don't advertise the characters as much as they used to. Like I don't even think you can see Ronald McDonald anymore. No, yeah. Remember the like they had the Nugget meal, the Nugget guys. Oh yeah, yeah. who would hop up and down in the Nugget sauce, just yeah. begging you to eat them. Yeah. But the, yeah, those toys. It was like whatever was cool at the time. Like I remember being really into like Muppet Babies and all that stuff, and they had like a uh, line of Muppet Baby toys. Muppet Baby toys were great. Garfield and Friends, like there was like, a whole line of Garfield and Friends toys, yeah. and you got to, you got to, you know, you had like a whole month to collect whatever was in that series for, you know, that month, and usually there were like six, eight, ten toys that were part of that series, and today I think they get a little more generic, like Barbie and Hot Wheels, but uh, but for me, the Happy Meal toys were just as cool and, and desirable as like your bigger transformers uh and things like that sure and i really struggle with my fifth one uh i, I was gonna say ninja turtles because i was really big in ninja how turtles. can you not say ninja turtles i i i am gonna i'm gonna go in another direction i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna pull an audible here i'm gonna go with hot wheels because yeah, I, I didn't say Ninja Turtles because I thought for sure you would. All right. Well, honorable honorable mention to Ninja Turtles and the Turtle Van. Uh, oh, yeah, the Party Wagon. <laughs> the Party Wagon, one of the all-time great toys ever. Uh, I still have it. I still have a Party yeah. Wagon. Probably in the same place that we pulled that joystick from. <laughs> there was a, over to the side next to that. There was the Party Wagon. Um. <laughs> But I feel like we dedicated time to the turtles in a, in a previous episode. Oh, I, wanted, sure. I wanted to give a little love to some other. Okay. So, like, I'm going to go with Hot Wheels because, um, like the Ninja Turtles, I had lots and lots of Hot Wheels. Uh, and, you know, like, you had, like, the, I mean, the Hot Wheels were great on their own, but then you also had, like, uh, you know, like your car wash. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. And, like, uh, the tracks, you know, you mm-hmm. build the tracks, do whatever. I remember. I kind of have a nightmare of those tracks. Like, my mom would chase me around. <laughs> Playing with cars in general. Was, but Hot Wheels was, like, the, the main thing. So those, those are my five. Okay, yeah. But uh, I did mention honorable mention of Turtles. Do you have any honorable mentions? Well, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I guess I do, because just like I was mentioning before with any of these lists, there's uh, just so many to choose from. And, like, when I made the list, like I mentioned before, that, it's it's a lot of things I didn't even collect, but they were just so memorable. 
So, I mean, you know, the, the things I did collect, like I had so many Star Wars toys. Oh, yeah. Um, there, there's like... The Adat. Oh, yeah. I, I never had it, but it was so cool, though, yeah. I never got it, like, with a box, but I picked it up in a yard sale yeah. once. I had it many years after it was actually, you know, cool. I think, like, the only Star Wars toy that I had when it first came out, like, I remember getting the speeder bike. Yeah, I, I had the speeder bike. It was so good. Yeah, was I was great. in, like, I think a Sears or something like that. And it had, like, the button, so it would explode. Oh, yeah, it was fantastic. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, Star Wars. Yeah, is so definitely an honorable mention for Star Wars for sure. Yeah, um, but uh, I don't know. I mean, the the Batman series was really cool, like in the nineties, and it's a little bit later, not so much like eighties, like we were talking about before. Like from the animated series, uh, yeah, the Batman animated. Like after the the first Batman and Michael Keaton movie came out, you know, and there and there was the Batman animated. Yeah, series. Yeah, well, Batman was huge, and that, you had the line that was really from good. the movie, but then you had the animated series. That had that bit, the the figure the characters looked like the ones from the animated yeah, series. Like yeah, they, they they were they were some cool figures there. They were really cool figures. But a little bit later, so yeah, honorable mention there. Cool. All right. Well, we hope you enjoyed our uh, the trip down memory lane. Uh, if uh, you had other toys that you remember that we didn't mention, feel free to drop in a comment. Let us know. Uh, also, uh, please visit, uh, please check us out on iTunes. We're now on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play Music. If you're listening to only to the audio, uh, if you're not, if you don't want to fool with YouTube and you want to listen in your car and commute on your way to work, uh, we're, we're on iTunes, Stitcher, and uh, Google Play. I'll leave some links in the description field down below. Also, if you don't mind, just hit the subscribe button, uh, join us, become part of our little community, man. Uh, this is this is like a really fun thing for us, and I, I look forward to future, maybe even more dense looks, uh, at like top ten transformers or oh, sure, yeah. specifically break down a specific line. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we we can get really deep into the weeds for that for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, board games, right. uh, you know, a top ten Atari games. We can mm-hmm. go backwards into the seventies. But uh, thanks again for tuning in. This has been the Big Geek Podcast Show. And uh, see you next time. Yeah, see you next time. Bye-bye.